Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Hey there, welcome into another edition of what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. On this week's program, a new effort in Barry to reduce food waste and your food costs. Empower Simcoe is celebrating 70 years of service to the community, and the Barry Women's Shelter is looking for more space. But first, affordable housing and homelessness, one of several hot button issues on the minds of many. No easy fixes, lots of moving parts. Chambers of Commerce across the province have put together a position paper under the umbrella of the Ontario Chamber of Commerce in hopes of generating more discussion and action. Paul Markle joins us from the Barry Chamber of Commerce with the outline of what they're trying to accomplish. Over the last few months, they uh, you know ran a number of different you know events, you know collecting data and and uh, and researching it. The policy team at the Ontario Chamber is very very uh, very very strong, and they came out with a with a position paper and and um, you know again in Barry, you know we're closely. Uh, following, you know, Toronto's rent rental structure, and if you're looking just at uh, at renting, um, and you know, if you were to take a look at a single person on minimum wage, or even two people on minimum wage, you know, with 30 percent of their income going to housing, as is suggested, you know, they don't even come close to being able to afford a one bedroom, let alone a two. So that's a problem, um, and it's something that we need to uh, we need to take care of in in town. But correcting it is not an easy thing to do. There's And there's this whole trickle-down thing, too, where, you know, people can't afford it or they get in over their heads and then they don't have money to do anything else. And that just, that impacts everybody. Certainly, the, you know, the interest rate increases right now are, are uh, creating a pain point for people that are already in housing, you know, as they start to renew their mortgages and finding that um, they're, you know, wholly unaffordable. Then what do they do? Uh, you know, they're now put in a position where they have to either find a, an affordable house, which there just isn't enough of them out there. Um, you know, average house price in Barrie is like 824000 somewhere in around that range. Um, you know, then do they start to move out of a, out of Barrie into the broader, uh, you know, areas to find something that's more affordable? You know, and, and there's, they're few and far between. So um, getting into the rental market, again, few and far between. Um, people are in a real jam and it's not going to get any better. A lot of high-rise developments have been approved in Barrie. It's going to take time to get them built. Some of them have an affordable housing uh, 
part of them, but not all of it is affordable housing. And and then you've got uh, the people in some of those neighborhoods say, I don't want that here. Yeah, the you know the NIMBY type of uh, an approach is is certainly not helping. Uh, you know, density is is how we solve a lot of this problem. You, you know, you don't have to increase infrastructure. Um, you know, within within the area to be able to to build those houses up. Purpose built rental units are few and far between. You know, and, and the reason for that is economics. You know, from a Developer standpoint, it's I think it's unrealistic to you know expect that a a builder isn't uh, able to make a, a reasonable profit on uh, you know on, on the houses that they build, uh, but it's you know it's it's really expensive for them to be building at the moment with uh, you know environmental pressures, just the cost of goods, you know all the way down the line, you know they're they're building about as cheaply as they possibly can, and uh, and that's not good enough. There needs to be some help. From all different levels of government, I would say that the federal the federal level is where you know we need to rely on uh, you know some help, obviously with interest rates, but uh, in, in keeping uh, uh, in keeping materials you know uh, affordable so that builders can build you know and and uh, we can get those done. What has been happening that's positive and moving in this direction? Anything? Well, I, I think if you if you drive around Barrie and you start looking at the number of cranes in the sky, as you know, uh, former Mayor Layman uh, used to talk the year of the crane. Uh, a little far behind where they originally planned for it. Um, you know, there's a, a 2015 uh, housing strategy in in, uh, in Barrie, um, and you know we met most of those targets. I think we're uh, we're not quite meeting the targets now, but there is um, there is hope on the horizon that uh, you know you're going to have those additional units on. Uh, we were talking with a developer recently after a, an opening of a dental office and. Um, you know, and he was building purposeful, purpose-built uh, rentals just down, and, and uh, uh, made it made it his intent to uh, you know to do what he could to be able to bring those things online. And you know, and I applauded that developer. Not to say that the other ones aren't doing um, a good job as well, but it's uh, it, it's a decision they make to to you know have a lot less profit to uh, to be able to build those uh, those affordable places. So then, what is next for the Barry Chamber of Commerce and following this through? Well, obviously, the it, it, it's a priority for for the chamber. You know, the the impacts to uh, employment and and uh, you know being able to support the the manufacturing, the main, the, the new businesses coming into town, uh, is a top priority. And we know that uh, that housing is is one of the direct uh, contributors to you know the uh, the ability for those things to to come online. So we're going to continue to you know make this a focus of uh, of our you know government relations and our advocacy work. You know, we're Stepping into a, a new board term, and, and the focus will be um, on housing in, in particular. Um, we have a seat on the local immigration partnership, so we're working closely with them on, you know, strategies to help our uh, our newcomers and settle properly into into town and, and to find uh, appropriate housing. And um, we're also working with other, a number of different groups, uh, along with the home builders, the um, you know Barry District Association of Realtors. Um, and the Barry Construction Association to you know advocate with them in uh, in partnership with uh, with different strategies so that we can you know uh, move government in the way that we need them to. Uh, the work that's done by the Ontario Chamber uh, will be continued and uh, and we'll support that um, along the way. Um, we have a series of roundtables and, and different discussions that we'll be having in the next year to uh, to address the different issues that are here. Um, and again, we're going to continue to. Be supportive of the um, the unhoused in, in town as well, and, and um, supporting uh, the strategies of the city as, as best we can. Uh, that's a, obviously an important piece of the puzzle, and we know that the ninety percent of that problem is that there's just not enough houses for them. So, 
um, certainly is going to be one of our focuses in the next while. As we mentioned off the top, a lot of different moving parts. A lot of people have to be involved in this, and they all have to be on the same page, and getting them there sometimes takes a lot of doing. Certainly does. There's uh, and a lot of good work being done by the city as well, with uh, you know, and, and by the county on on social housing and on uh, uh, re, you know redoing the bylaws and the zoning, you know, to make it easier for for uh, for builders, but also easier for uh, for houses to get uh, to get built and, and faster. You know, it's the problem we have is time. You know, we need these houses now, and and I think. Um, you know, as, as Mayor Nuttall said, you know, we, we're behind. You know, we're behind on, uh, you know, the 10-year strategy. We should have been, you know, farther along the way, and, and we're not. So that's uh, time is not something you can get back. So uh, we have to do what we can to, to speed up and get our, um, get our ducks in a row. Keep us posted on progress, and uh, we'll uh, get you back in for an update. Love to be here. Thanks very much for having me. Keeping your family well-fed and within budget remains a challenge. A few apps and websites have come along trying to help you find bargains, take advantage of items close to expiry that may be selling at cheaper prices. And here's a new one to bury, the Too Good To Go app, which is also addressing food waste. Barry 360's Will Konkin is with Too Good To Go's Sarah Sodoroff. What is a Too Good To Go like app and just what is all this? Too Good To Go is the largest marketplace for selling surplus food. So really what that means is we connect businesses who sell food can be anything from a convenience store, a gas station to a high-end restaurant or a grocery store. Anyone that has surplus food, either at the close of business or during periods of lull times throughout their day, they put that on the app and consumers can purchase it on average for one third the retail cost. So consumers are getting a great deal because they're getting food that is perfectly good to eat, just didn't get sold through the course of business. And um, the stores can make some money off of what they would otherwise have to throw away. And everyone is doing their part to reduce the harmful effects of food waste on the environment. Off air, you kind of were mentioning of how it got started. It was over in Europe. And then, uh, yeah, maybe tell the story of how it came over to uh, Canada and everything. It's a pretty inauspicious beginning. We were founded by a couple of people who just didn't want to see food waste continue. Um, We have a kind of famous internal story of one of our founders who would actually dumpster dive. So he would wait behind grocery stores and then pick up all that prepared food or things that were sealed, yogurts, um, cut up fruit, anything like that, that didn't get sold and just couldn't be sold the next day because the best before date meant that it couldn't be on the shelves. Um, That was in Copenhagen, Denmark. And then the app launched. We are now in 17 countries across Europe. We came to Canada in July of 2021. So we're coming up on our two-year anniversary. We launched first in Toronto, and then we've been expanding throughout the country. We, Our goal is to be everywhere in Canada to eliminate food waste everywhere that there is food waste. And so any store that sells food can be on the app, and any person with a phone can download food from the app. Yeah, with this uh, recent, recently expanding to Barrie, uh, how many uh, businesses and stores are uh, are a part of it now within Barrie? So as of today, I think we have 53 signed stores. We are always expanding those. So just because it's kind of the official launch doesn't mean if you're a food selling business, you can't join. You can go to the website, it's too good to go.ca. There's a little button that says register my business. Someone will get in touch with you there. It's a super easy way if you want to even try it out to see if this is something that works for you, if you can build it into your systems. There's no additional POS needed. You just have the app so you can manage it on your phone. Um, and even though we've you know kind of passed that official launch period, we still are signing stores on an ongoing basis. And, you know, if you're a consumer, you've enjoyed it, but you also own a store, try it out as a consumer, see if it works for you. And then you can kind of see if, you know, maybe you have food waste two days a week, you can put some on there. If you have it five days a week, that's great. But there's no commitment fee to be on the app. You will really only make money when you sell something. 
Likewise, for the consumer, you only pay when you purchase something. Just overall, like, how does uh, this initiative help, like, the community in Barrie specifically? How does it help the store owners in Barrie and the the people in Barrie that go to those stores? Yeah, I, I think it's such an interesting time to have launched. When we launched, it was the height of the pandemic. And so, as you can imagine, there was a huge change in the purchase patterns that consumers were facing. Stores are really good at knowing, okay, like, on a Tuesday, I might have an extra five croissants. When we go into stores, we ask them, how much surplus waste to the dollar do you you have per week and they always know because this is their business. They margins are tight in food businesses as you know there's already a way that they're trying to maximize the profits without having huge exorbitant fees to consumers. So being able to make some revenue off of food that would otherwise go to waste. They've already made it. It's perfectly good to eat. They would have to throw it away or give it to an employee which employees get tired of eating the same thing over and over. And so if there's a way for them to make some revenue there, they've already made it, then that's fantastic. Similarly, it's a really great way for them to get their brand name out. So their visibility on the app increases foot traffic that comes into the store. If they're trying a new product too, that's sometimes fun to get feedback because the in the app we have um, review features and you can give a little review of the types of food that you got. So if there's a new dish you want to try out and it's not getting sold 100%, put it on the app, get some reviews there. You also get our marketing support. So we have a really robust marketing team. We're always doing social promotions. Our Instagram account always showcases and features different kinds of surprise bags that people are getting. So it's a really fun way to increase kind of your brand name recognition in the town and then also support the local community, not to mention make some like cold, hard cash off of the food that you would otherwise throw away. Well, where do uh, you go from here, kind of? You said like you want to keep expanding it to more and more cities, maybe like specifically for you, what are the goals? And then maybe what are the goals just that we need to do to uh, reduce like food waste? Yeah, I mean, thank you for asking because I think we think about the app is just one solution in a multitude of different ways that we can reduce waste. Everyone has waste at every level. If I think about even my own fridge, I know right now I have like half a head of lettuce and I'm just all day thinking, Ken, is there something I can use with that tonight so it doesn't go to waste? We contribute about $2,000 per family to food waste every single year, which as we're seeing the costs of food go up, we're at about eight or 9% inflation on food items right now. And that's stuff you have to buy. It's not eating out. It's not luxury items. It's really hard groceries and things that your family needs. So if you are thinking about reducing those you know, family costs and, and helping to reduce the inflation impact on you as an individual, that's a really great way to lower the cost. Individually as well, we can save a bag a day. That's a really great way. But you can also meal prep. You can start thinking about things you have. Shop your fridge, shop your pantry, shop the things that you already have at home. Take a food, maybe a leftover that you have, add something new to it to make it a new dish so it's less boring. And we have a ton of uh, little tips on our Instagram as well where we talk about like, here's how you make your herbs last longer or here's how you freeze a fruit or something else that might be a little bit more, you know, kind of outside the box thinking. So it's a really interesting way to learn about food waste. And then the more that we can do so that we're not, you know, contributing that waste into the environment, food waste accounts for 10% of all greenhouse gas emissions. So it's a huge contributor to our rising climate. And that's something that we know is really impactful. Where can people find more info about this or like businesses if they want to sign up for this or people they want to find where, where do they go so you go to our instagram is like the easiest way to learn if you're a consumer it's at too good to go.cin and then the website is too good to go.ca if you're a business go there click register my business you can also download the app in the app store or google play store
What Barry's Talking About is a weekly podcast featuring the best Barry and Simcoe County have to offer and more. We've covered a lot of ground since we began last summer. We've learned the Barry Public Library loans out more than books, video games, and DVDs. It also has fishing rods, snowshoes, and more. We talked with an Aurelia girl about her efforts to save the monarch butterfly, found out how shipping containers are being used for transitional housing in Barrie. You can get caught up and make it easy to keep up in the future by subscribing to what Barry's talking about through any podcast distributor. Still to come on what Barry's talking about, Empower Simcoe celebrates 70 years and finding more housing for women and children in distress. Now this. It's cool to care. It's a well-known fact blood transfusion saves lives. It's also a well-known fact that the world relies on voluntary unpaid donations to fill the need for blood. The need for blood never ends. Canadian Blood Services in Barrie is calling on you to help save a life. Please consider donating today. Appointments are mandatory and must be booked in advance. Book today at blood.ca through the Give Blood app or by calling one 888 donate Cool to Care is brought to you by the Peggy Hill Team. Keeping it real all the way to sold. Reach out now at PeggyHill.com. It's Cool to Care with 107.5 Cool FM. This is what Barry's talking about from Barry 360. I'm Dan Blakely. Talked about the lack of affordable housing earlier. There's also a lack of transitional housing for women and children in need in the Barry area. Barry 360's Ian McLennan chats with Teresa McLennan, no relation, the executive director of the Barry Women's Shelter, about its push for more space. So, Teresa, what tell us what what is the name of the campaign and uh, what's the objective here? This is our Shelter Me campaign, where we recognize that there is a lack of safe and affordable housing. And, of course, we support women who are vulnerable, who've experienced abuse. And so we are launching our campaign, Shelter Me, to create another second stage housing location for women who are leaving our shelter with their children and women in the community who've experienced abuse. We really do recognize that we need to create housing for them because we have a specialty in our service, which is all about supporting women who've experienced violence and abuse, and we want to be able to continue the services and supports in that location for women who are going to be living there. So we're really hopeful for support from the community in terms of our financial campaign and just to rally around us and the women and children so that they can create just a new positive outlook and future for those families. You already have one so-called, which you described, this is the second one, you already have one in place, though? We already have one uh, transitionary home, and it has been incredibly successful. It was designed to just be for single women without children. What we have uh, experienced is that we are now housing women with their children in that location. Really was not designed for that, really not big enough, but we are trying to make it work. So that was really what told us and informed us we need to have separate apartment units for women and their children so that there is an adequate space for families and so that women are supported uh, in the way that they need to be. In our shelter right now, we are only supposed to be at 27 beds, but we always run closer to 35 we're always over capacity, and we are experiencing very large families in our shelter. So women coming in with three, four, five children, we need to have an appropriate space for those families to move into 
while they can still receive our specialty services and supports that is all geared towards violence and abuse. The, the transitional, it's under uh, one, one roof, so to speak, and how many um, people can you accommodate? Well, uh, it will depend on what it is that we're able to financially afford. So, again, we are you know, hopeful that the community is going to rally behind us and support us, but we are certainly hoping to secure a duplex or a triplex or something with a coach house so that we can support at least three sized families, uh, you know, with uh, many children, let's say. So that would be our ultimate goal. We have to also be realistic and purchase something that is financially sustainable for us and also something that we can manage in terms of facilities. So a duplex, a triplex is probably going to be uh, in our wheelhouse in terms of manageability and also our, our finances. If we are able to raise the money, uh, you know, we won't uh, need to pull from some of our reserves, but we do need to do significant fundraising to be able to achieve this. And so we're just really hopeful that the community is going to uh, walk alongside us and create a new future for our families. Information on your website? Absolutely. Yep. There will be uh, information on our website, which is berryshelter.com. Please go there, take a look, see how you can um, support us in our work. And again, we're just very thankful. Our community has always supported us, and we believe that that will be the case with this new project as well. And we just thank you to the community right from the get-go because we just really are excited about this campaign and good things are going to happen for our women and our kids. Empower Simcoe celebrating 70 years of service to the community, 70 years of providing youth programs, family support services, regional housing support, and so much more. We're joined by Empower Simcoe's Jamie Hall. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Dan. Good to see you again. You obviously haven't been with Empower Simcoe for 70 years. Um, I hope I don't look it. <laughs> hope to, uh, coming coming up eight and a half years, and it's gone by like like that, which means that you know it's I've been enjoying it. Well, you've seen enough to know what's gone on for the previous sixty two years. Fill us in. How did this begin? How small was it? How big has it become? Nineteen fifty three. It started with a a small group of concerned parents who were looking for an alternative to institutionalization for. Uh, their their young children who had been diagnosed with uh, with an intellectual disability and that really in 1953 that's all we had I and mean, we come a long way in 70 years to uh, institutionalization it was it was it was a little more of an out of mind out of sight model back then and um, the Huronia Regional Center uh, you know really closed in 2009 as recently as 2009 but now it's about living working volunteering playing in the community being inclusive. Um, being accessible and being diverse, and that's where we are now in in 2023. So many success stories, so many different things going on. You touch pretty much every element of the population, don't you? We we are one of the largest multi-service uh, community agencies of our kind in the province, providing supports and services to people of all abilities, of, of regardless of diagnosis, and we're we're there to. Uh, assist people and walk alongside them with our supports and services and help them reach their goals in life. 
how do they go about that? They come to you, they're referred to you. What's what's the process? Hey, it's it's a complicated process through a number of different organizations through the province, but they come to us and whether it's whether the need is um, um, uh, regional housing support services, so it's uh, available and sustainable housing, whether it's uh, a group uh, supported group living model and those homes that are in the community in Barrie and Aurelia all across Simcoe County that are supported and, and staffed 24-7. Um, it's employment supports, it's youth supports, it's it's a diverse and large agency with close to 600 employees in Simcoe County. And, um, and we, on any given day across the county, we support up to 60,000 people and their families. I remember a couple times taking part in a charity baseball game where the Baycats play and, and, and uh, the individuals from Empower Simcoe who, who were playing in that game just thrilled to bits that people came out and people cared. It's the Barry Integrated Baseball Association. Then we have a Youth Challenger League that is also for for, uh, for younger people. Uh, and we're going to be doing that ball game this fall with the Barry Baycats. So, I'm in. So look for the invitation Please. soon as part of our as part of our 70th anniversary year. And and as we said, start from from very very young to to uh, elderly people as well. Uh, you have the early on centers. Three early on child and family centers in Barrie, in Innisfil, and in Bradford. And we, we like to say we support people from birth to end of life at Empower Simcoe. There's always a need, isn't there? Somebody is always in need of some support, uh, just, just a gentle push even. Absolutely, and and that's we're, we're there to uh, to provide those supports and services, and um, sit down and create uh, support plans, individualized support plans, and um, uh, find out what what one's goal is in life and how can we achieve those goals. How can people find out more information as you're celebrating your 70th year? EmpowerSimco.ca is our website. Follow us on our, our socials. Um, big 70th anniversary party at Rounds Ranch in Elmville. Um, this Sunday, and uh, we're going to have uh, people and families supported. We have our community partners, we have our staff, our employees, all coming out to, to celebrate 70 years of our supports and services and where we've been as an agency. Thanks for all the great work you're doing. Say uh, hi to everybody uh, who's involved. We meet a lot of them coming through here for, for interviews and different uh, events that you're involved in, and uh, just great, great work that you're doing. Thank there. you, Dan. And that's our program for this week. Thanks to Ian and Will for their input, to Matt Ladder for his technical expertise, and to you for listening. If you like what you've heard, please subscribe to What Barry's Talking About, rate it, review it. You can also keep up with What Barry's Talking About on Facebook and Twitter at Barry360, on our website, barry360.com, and on our daily Kickstart podcast available from any streaming service and on our website. I'm Dan Blake. Hope you'll join us again next week.